What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This Haber Middle Middlecoff segment is brought to you by upstart.com slash ham and mybookie.ag promo code ham1 and ease and ease wellness.com promo code ham. You know, you had a great tweet, I thought, uh, nearing the end of the game as uh, Russell Wilson was driving to inevitable victory, which was this is one or two things for the 49ers. Just an exhilarating all-time win or an absolutely gut-wrenching defeat. And to have that game be the line between a one seed and a wild card, so much on the line. Um, I mean, this team has been tested a lot on their way to being the NFC champs, on their way to being the number one, or the NFC West champs and the number one seed. It's pretty impressive. Because I started thinking, like, if they lose this game, I'm going to think the two best teams in the NFC are the Saints and one of the wild card teams. They belonged, I think, John, they belonged to be the number one team in the NFC, didn't they? Guy, if the Packers, That's who they were. If the Green Bay Packers, that took every minute today to beat David Blau, I mean, Detroit was kicking their ass, ended up to be the one seed. It kept hitting my By the way, David mind. Blau, who... Not bad. <laughs> David Blau, at one point, yeah, but at one point looked like you almost got knocked out of the game and stayed in the game. It was kind of like nuts. Well, well, I think the last couple of years. But sorry, don't I interrupted your yeah, point? Yeah, CTE. C- C- I don't think we're as locked in on CTE as we once were when Will Smith was making movies. <laughs> if you notice, like Edelman came back in, but it kind of hit me like Seattle because if Seattle had won that game, they would have had to play next week. They would have been the three seed. Like I was watching today, Sean Payton on. He's like, yeah, they just beat the shit out of whoever the fuck they played, uh, Carolina, and he's like, you know. Kind of sucks. You know, we got to wait. It's out of our control. Like, we don't really know what's going to happen. And I'm thinking, if you're him right now, you're like, oh, my God, Seattle's going to score? I'm going to be the two seed? And I'm like, the Niners, who it's – even if they would have been a 12-4 and four team, I've never seen a 12-4 and four team have to just play that many crazy games to get 12 wins. It just would have been nuts. It would have been fucking insane. But then you're watching Russell Wilson just make all these plays – it felt like it was going to happen. After I tweeted the tweet about the gut-wrenching loss or insane victory, I then tweeted, let them score. Because at about 1.30, I thought, 
I know it's not the Belichick way. You stay calm, cool, and collected. Well, I don't. I freak the fuck out. I, I was thinking let him score. And good thing I would have been wrong. Now, it just... Because it's like, it's it's double-edged sword to me. You're like, you know, when coaches go, well, the defense has brought us this far. We got to go down with them. And it's another thing like, well, they just, they're gassed. Russell is just, I don't think they punted in like the last four possessions because it's been touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They scored all their points in the second half. Looked like he was headed for another touchdown. I don't know who he's throwing it to. I haven't even, even Al Michaels is like, to Tyler Lockett. Or no, Collinsworth says that. And Michaels is like, no, that's actually John Haberman from Hawaii. No, you had it right the first time. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, I can't even follow who's out there because these guys keep dropping like flies. And then they show uh, Akella Weatherspoon on the sideline, and Collinsworth's like, I don't know what, did he get dinged up? No, Chris, he got fucking benched because he's been getting smoked. And and God love 41, Emmanuel Mosley, but even like, you know, he's trying his damnedest, but, and luckily... Like, where the Niners were lucky today is that the guy over there is DK Metcalf and not, like, uh, they have an established player. Like, can you imagine if that was Doug Baldwin or Julio? They It would have been unstoppable. But, like, DK's still kind of figuring it out, too. But he has these moments where he's got the pacifier and he's got the Barry Bonds ear, and you're like, God, this guy's a badass. <laughs> and I thought they were just going to keep throwing it to him. He's just going to score. Well, they had – it felt they hadn't uh, – was the pass to him, I think, was the first – incompletion of that drive it felt like the one that went through his hands when they got down into the into the red well they got to the Niners 12 well what about a couple plays before that where they hit him and he was kind of like hugging the sideline he realized like I'm gonna take Mosley for a little ride here and he kind of took him for like four or five yards I was like oh my god I would just keep doing that and he'll just run him over eventually two more plays into the end zone there's nothing you can do it crossed my mind as a Robert Sala Jr. thinking like can you do a double team on the other side or have like a fake, you know, like one of those rovers or robbers and just have a guy that you don't think is going to be there and, you know, that comes across and like plays the underneath route. And then it's one of those things that Peter King writes about tomorrow. He's like, I talked to Robert Sala. We just kind of drew this thing in the dirt. I told Fred Warner to fake like you were going to blitz and then shoot to the corner and you pick it off. And that's what I kind of kept expecting them to do. But did you notice on that final drive before even they got to like the 12, Warner was blitzing every single play. Like, they were just trying to get, like, I think Bosa and their D-line yeah, they, in, in one-on-one matchups, and so they couldn't double-team them. But when you blitz Warner, it kind of opens up a lot of grass there in the middle. <laughs> you know, I know it's turf there, but is it turf? I think it's well, turf. you could see before every snap. It's turf. You could see before every snap, there was a ton of, dude, just the field looked massive. It didn't look like there were a lot of guys out there not on the line of scrimmage for the 49ers. What do you, you think about that aggressive? What do you think about that aggressive nature? Because a lot of times it's like coaches aren't being aggressive enough. He was he wasn't fucking around. Yeah. He was bringing the heat. Well, I think most of the passes Russell threw once they got in the red zone were either Forced with the exception of the quicker. pass he threw to yeah, just a little early. I I thought they did a really good job. And it, I, Nick Bosa this year has been a absolute textbook example of why just going by sacks don't tell you how much pressure a guy gets and obviously you know we've got other metrics I guess for that now but I they just made Russell throw a few times multiple times earlier than he wanted to and he wasn't able to get out of the pocket make anything happen which is part of what was terrifying he's not they're lucky he's not really looking to run really anymore like Lamar type because he probably could have but I just mean even like earlier in the game he threw like the touchdown he threw where he almost crossed the line of scrimmage to lock it. Um, 
What a throw that was! Jesus. You know, and then he threw the, he threw the one ball. He threw. They got to fourth down fast in the red zone, didn't they? Because he throws the one ball where uh, Metcalf runs into Greenlaw, and they're just and all of a sudden it's fourth down. Well, like, I, oh, I, I think when, I think where most I would say the majority of coaches in Robert Sala's position, and maybe Kyle's telling him like, "Hey, you got the my green light. Fucking go after him." You don't blitz because. You know, the coaching cliche is when you go all out, you leave your guys on an island, and their guy on an island on the one side, like, no one even looks at Richard Sherman. They don't even, you know, he's right. Like, his side is just shut down. (laughs) Did they even fucking throw at him? They just throw at the other side nonstop. The only time you saw him is when he came up to, like, tackle running You could make the argument, like, why would you waste your time? And they didn't. Sometimes I think coordinators kind of outthink it. Once they got it going, he only looked left. It was just left, 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 left. And in fairness, most times it was like complete, 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 complete. The Niners, and this definitely showed on those big plays at the end, the one that kept them at the one-yard line and then the one that ended the game. They, and I tweeted this during the game, I swear to God, I, and part of this is I look at DBs kind of soft because when I, when I worked in Philly, our DBs didn't tackle. They hated tackling. And if you just watch the league, most DBs, and I talk corner specifically, but in 2000, in this game, in modern day football, you do a lot of college football. There aren't just like, not, when I say DBs, it's really corners. There are three or four corners in a spread out game on the field at all times. Like, you notice number 24, Quan Williams, is like a full time starter. He is, he's on the field at all times. And Jimmy Ward is really a hybrid. To me, their only quote unquote true safety is Harris. Right, the other guys are all pretty much corners. I mean, Jimmy's—I guess he plays safety, but to me, he's like got the corner body, but he plays like a safety. Then Richard tackles, Mosley tackles. He doesn't cover very well, but Witherspoon tackles, Quan tackles. Obviously, their linebackers tackling, and at the end of the day, they're division champs, guy, because they—they they tackle and they're—they're they're very physically ta- a physical tackling team. Like if—if if they just would have been a softer tackling team. They fucking the gate. We're, we're having a completely different podcast, are we not? Like that. Little, yeah, but they, but but they, it's a whole different season because they they don't give up a lot of runs after the catch. No, that's just part of that team. That team just the one thing you say for them is when there's somebody in the area, there's usually another guy in the area too. Just, also, multiple, right? You, bodies get hit, and usually the guy just falls forward. But that all gas, no. The guy that literally saved them on those two plays. Like, what would you say the percentage of the in the NFL? That guy scores against like a backup linebacker in that position. I mean, we just saw it in the Julio in the Falcons game. Like, it's crazy that we've seen that play twice. Well, we got the the difference in that game is that Julio was like erect when he caught it and was a little closer to the line. Like, this guy was kind of farther away when he caught it, was he not? Yeah, I'm just saying we just had two. I mean, and we had it on their two point conversion earlier in the game for the. What do you think when Collinsworth is like? All the players are on the field. I was like, God, are they going to throw like flags? Or is there going to be delays of games? And like, yeah. is there going to be a redo? Like, but they, but once you realize he's down, then they go to the replay. None of that down. shit matters. I think the part that was the freakiest was when Terry Austin chimes in after the third down play when Greenlaw, when Hollister runs into Greenlaw and forces him to grab him, is Terry Austin's like. I'm surprised they're not buzzing down, stopping this play, reviewing for pass interference. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then Russell does, like, a fake 
hut, hut, you know, and they don't snap the ball. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to stop this game. And then they snap the ball. But um, I would say, that, I, that to he, me was – Here's the reason I don't feel bad about that is because on the Niners' possession, when the, the backup center is clearly just trying to make a play, is not taking a cheap shot, yeah. can't hear anything. Because when Kyle's losing his shit, I'm thinking, oh, Kyle knows they held. But then I thought, like, well, they just ran a run play. How are they going to hold? I'm like, this is not really adding up. And then when you see it, you go, that's that's why I think the karma on that last on that third down play, they just are washed those two plays. Because you agree that one's kind of tricky shit to call the play. He can't fucking hear the he can't hear the the whistle. He's he wasn't taking like going for his knees. He was cut blocking him because it's a, it's a like an end around. Which looked for a split second like the thing was going to take go to the house, and then all of a sudden the Griffin brother makes his tackle out of nowhere. It's like, is it was that Richard Sherman? What the fuck just happened? That was that was sneaky best play of the game up until the last two plays. Well, did did you, you know, not think like, thought, oh, Debo's taking this about thirty yards? Well, I, he, I texted you. I don't know how that play didn't go for twenty five yards. I know. Um, Great tackle by may, you know maybe there's I don't know. Well, time will tell, right? The, the playoffs have to play themselves out, and. The Seahawks aren't going away, but I don't know. I, I part of me wonders listening you talk about the Niners tackling, uh, and then talking about the Debo play. Will we look back as it, will this game have any greater significance five years from now? You look back and say that was that was the the, the symbolic day the Niners took the NFC West back because Seattle's obviously owned it. The Rams have borrowed it a couple times, um, but there's some. There, I just. They, they stand toe-to-toe with that team. And obviously there are similarities in the way that everybody tackles, just the way that everybody plays. Um, the kind of football we were afraid for a few years might disappear. Those two teams play. like it's a, The Niners are com- a completely different team from the ones that Harbaugh used to run out there, and yet the games with the Seahawks look exactly the same. Well, their defensive coordinator knows how to play that type of football. Obviously Kyle, for being an offensive guy, is a tough guy because he wants to run the football. Um, the two games they've played have been two of the best games of the year in the league. Yeah. And they've looked almost identical just in terms of how the game gets played. I just, I don't know, maybe it was big, maybe it was something symbolic just about the passing of the torch in the West. To me, the passing of the um, torch would be a little strong because Seattle will come, like, you know, have an offseason of just getting more players. They're pretty banged up right now. Like, they're yeah, going to keep I'm, being I'm, good. Well, time, time will tell. Time will to, tell, to me, but. I think I think it was more or less of a passing of the torch. You're right; it might end up being one, and more of a just like this is going to be something again. Like this, you this. If Seattle had won this game, I hate to say it, like yeah, you have a rivalry, but it's a one fucking sided rivalry. This isn't a back and forth thing. That would have been guy. They were up thirteen nothing at half. They got the ball at half. That would have been one of the more like when I tweeted gut wrenching losses. I, I just didn't have the time to. That would have been one of the worst 49er losses given how they were in complete control on the road. Seattle's given fourth and one plays to Marshawn off the couch. That would have been beyond a gut-wrenching loss. That that would have been I, – I, I, I don't know. I would have been speechless. Like that, They would have been fucked because I, I, I don't know. It would have been bad. It would have been really bad. Because also the domino effect of not getting home games. Now they're set up where – you know, they're going to get Seattle or Philly. I mean, we might get round three if Seattle beats Philly. But, you know, they're going to have a good shot, good shot to, you know, probably win a home game and then just host the NFC Championship game. And then from there, it's gravy. But it's even though I say that now, it's not. That's not how it works, right? People are like, 
if you're winning that game at halftime, you're thinking Super Bowl. So it's just it's just right. the, the evolution. But winning this That's game, right. getting you, the one seed, getting the thirteen to nothing. Can, like, how would you put into words? Let's say Seattle would have won that game, knowing you were up thirteen to nothing at half, thirteen to nothing at half, and just kicking their ass. Is that more? Yeah, than I mean, it would have been. It, it would have been the lowest point, as crazy as it sounds, because you're getting ready for a playoff game, but I think it would have been the lowest point for the 49ers since they got Garoppolo. Now, it's all relative because they were bad. Yeah. But I think it would have been, it would have felt like the worst thing that's happened to them since they got Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying it would have actually been the worst thing that happened to them. They're about to play in a playoff game, but I think it, that's. I mean, what's happened, because since they got Jimmy, everything's felt, I think, pretty good. And then Jimmy got hurt, and that sucks. And maybe you would argue that's wor- that would be worse. But by and large, everything's just been kind of like, all right, we're working toward, working toward. Nothing's really stopped them in their tracks. How about there was, that would have been. There was one play, I think, on the final drive, and Collinsworth did a good job of explaining it. Because I kept thinking, like, how is this guy doing it? I've watched... If I had to quantify how many Russell Wilson snaps I've watched in my life, I mean, probably 2,500. I mean, it was 60 a game. I've watched 100, you know, feels like 100-plus Seattle games. On that play where the pocket kind of collapses and he goes low, <laughs> like he's like uh, Altuve, you know, like he bends his knees and then he shoots through to kind of climb in the pocket and just arms kind of go over him. You're like, this guy is a little magician. You know, how he bends his knees and he gets – because he's already 5'11". When he bends his knees, because typically when the Niners collapse that pocket, especially 91, like you see 91's arms a lot because they're really long. He typically, like a Mason Rudolph, a Rodgers, just pocket quarterback, Breeze, he can grab. They can't grab that guy. They cannot grab that guy because he's like ducking and dodging while he's keeping his eyes. And there's, has there ever been a player like him? Has there ever been a player that's like a rival of another team and maybe it's just us on the West Coast. There's not much hatred. Like, if this was Giants-Eagles, they would, like, hate the Russell Wilson. But I think most Niner fans are like, to be honest with you, I think Russell Wilson is my favorite player in the league. I think if you ask most Niner fans, they would just love Russell Wilson, the player. Like, they they want to beat him, but the res- like his respect level, like, most, if you ask most Warrior fans, like, I fucking, listen, Harden's great, but I can't stand him, fucking motherfucker. You know, so LeBron, he just wears me out. Just shut up, LeBron. Where I think it's like Russell, and again, like we don't have to listen to him. There's no, pre- we don't get Russell Prescott. Yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of it come is just stuff you do outside of the way you play. Plus, he's terrified. How do you talk shit to him? What do you say about him? You just, you hope he doesn't notice you're there. I mean, he get he. Have they ever played a player in our got, lifetime that's a that's a better foe? I feel maybe Favre in his prime in the nineties. Have the 49ers? Yeah, yeah. I mean. He's just such a. He's just doing it over and over again with teams that you're like, who, who are these guys? Like you said earlier, he gets he turns the ball. The ball is on his own 25 yard line, and then it's on your 30 so fast. It doesn't even hit any big plays, but you can't get to him. You're all. That's the other thing about him. I think is that you almost get him a lot, and so that's what makes it frustrating. Well, that that was it's the not play, like they that just, was the play where he throws a touchdown. They called a hold, and he had ducked under and yeah. thrown a beautiful pass, and I was like. Listen, as just a as an old scout, I'm like that. That makes you cream in your pants. Like that's that pass, and I know it was a hold, but just the thing of beauty. And he hits the guy perfectly in stride, where his leg has to drag perfectly in the corner. Not even the corner of the end zone; it's like the middle of the end zone, but up against the white. 
It's like, that's football porn. <laughs> you know, that's if Jimmy could ever get to that, like the Niners would never lose. Like they would and Jimmy's already Jimmy went eighteen and twenty two, it was awesome tonight. But like his high end I, I mean Rodgers doesn't really have it anymore. Brady's never done that. It's different. Brady just looks and banning and that style looks different. There's just I don't think ever been a player like that. And now he's kind of mastered it all. Like he's truly just in the zone, you know? Of just Yeah, well you just just remember that just remember this next time you're like, oh their their players suck and the Niners players are all good, you know? It's like God damn it, but they got that guy. Well, I know, that's where it because I kept saying everyone they're gonna win, they're gonna win, they're gonna cover, which they did. And, and then it's 13 to nothing, and it looks like, here we go. Game, I'm like, this isn't, I'd go live on Instagram at halftime. I'm like, this thing's over. They get the ball at half. I'm like, I'm feeling good. And then by about the second, the Marshawn touchdown, you're like, Jesus Christ, this this is insane. This is insanity. How did I bet against this guy? By the time they had the ball in the final drive, I, I did anyone. They were going to lose, John. They were going to lose. Did anyone believe they were going to win? It was going to take something, not, and it did. They got the delay of game on the one-yard line, or else they lose the game. Marshawn Lynch jumps in on the next. What's funny about that? I think the they play get the delay, is crazy because they got a guy hurt and he has to limp down. That is crazy, but they spike the ball, and it's like it's going to be fine. Now, yeah, you're right. That play gets forgotten because it's a fourth down that they pick up to want to to the guy from the Yankees or Shella and the third baseman Hawaii and. Working. And then George Fant. Who did? Doesn't he just look get, just like Tyler Lockett? And his number's one number lower. Totally. And 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 you don't even realize it because you can't see him on the screen so far back. And Collinsworth is like, they got a man down on the field. And I'm like, who has a man down on the Which team? And then it's like, Fant. Well, then he comes running in there in an incredible display of toughness. Did you think for they a split second the they would do like a Marino fake spike deal, or you just thought they were going to spike? Because I was like, I thought they might. I, I thought they were going to sneak it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be like careful frenetic. here. We're just thinking they're just uh, waving the white flag for a play. If I can keep your head on a swivel, why not just why not just sneak it in, right? And I, honestly, uh, if he hadn't been hurt, I think they might have. But you could you couldn't risk doing like you got one of your offensive linemen limping. It was a little discombobulated, and it, that discombobulation, also, like you said, led to this delay of game that saved their season. So, so they get the delay of game, and you can see I, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have any hotel, timeouts. I, I couldn't rewind it. I couldn't rewind it, uh, but I could swear Pete said what everybody says when their team gets a delay of game from the one yard line, which is we got more space now. I, I'm pretty sure that's what Pete said, reading his lips, but I couldn't rewind to see. Now we got more space. And he kind of smiled, but it's like, but they had to call Marshawn off the field. Yeah, never came back. But he was getting the ball so, there, right? He was getting the ball there. He he was going over the top. I kept thinking, you know, Greenlaw, whoever tried to meet him up at the top the first time, you're gonna need two. You're gonna need Harris as well. So both those guys to me are gonna have to get over the center, like five yards back, and just attempt to time it and and vault themselves into the air and just take your chances because I and hope that that there's no bootleg nakeds or nudes but even if it, you that's where Bosa and those guys come in for the nakeds and nudes you are gonna have to sell out two bodies in the air for Marshawn Marshawn yeah. winning the game that would have been I kept thinking that's gonna be the story tomorrow like Marshawn jumps over the fucking I actually thought the Niners got a little lucky they didn't give it to the rookie a little more. He had a little juice to him, Homer. And yeah. just, you know, Robert Turbin didn't get in the game. Then Marshawn hit a couple of the runs. It does speak. I mean, he's people are like, 
He still has it. Well, yeah, I mean, this guy was a top 15 pick. He's like one of the truly great athletes in American sports over the last modern era in any sport. Like, it's not... He can still jump, you know? He's... What are we going to feel like Monday, though? He still looks the same. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a, you think he's going to, like, lose 30 pounds? You know, he's, just, he's a genetic freak. Everyone acknowledges that. You just kind of had to pick your space with him. The The play, was it in the second half? Can't even remember now. Or in the first half? I think it was the second half where they ran on fourth and one. Bosa throws Hollister, tackles him, and stuffs him. You're just like, I don't know if he has it. And then he just kind of kept picking up steam. God damn, I just what a fucking ending. Holy shit. That that's that's as wild of you an ending. I think also when you fa- like we've had wild endings in football games forever. But I don't remember and again, I'm probably prisoner of the moment and my memory just sucks. This was a week seventeen, both teams playing for the division, one team for the one seed, one team for the three seed for home field games. Like what was on the line in this game was just astronomical. Like it wasn't, it just, it was so much more on the line in this game than ever, And it gets back to like talking about the AAF day that we had. There wasn't anything on the line for any teams for once, once like the Titans were winning and then the Eagles came back. Like those were the only games that mattered. No other games meant shit. And, and it showed. Yeah. This game got sloppy start, but by the second half, you felt like you were watching a heavyweight fight. And and the fighter that's like the Niners feel kind of like the champion in the sense that they're better. But it's like Seattle had been a former champion, maybe a little bit of a shell of themselves, but God, they're like Rocky. It's like I, I, they, they were kind of like Rocky. It's like you didn't think you were going to kill them. They just kept getting up, kept taking shots. I thought it was interesting at halftime that um... – Kyle Shanahan said, we, we haven't scored enough points. We, thir- having 13 points is not good enough for us. Like, we should have more points. Like, he kind of knew that they were leaving something on the table. We, we haven't even talked about Jimmy. Well, there was a point in, in the first half on a fourth and one, they ended up kicking a field goal. I'll, I'll, give, I'll hat tip to Robbie Gold. I, I didn't know he could still hit field goals right down the middle, but he did tonight. And Marcus Thompson was tweeting, like, this is you know, this is a big boy game. Like, you might want to go for it, keep the foot to the pedal. And then at the end, he was like, see, I told you guys when it looked like they were going to lose. I was like, God, you might have been right. But I, I always struggle with that in big games. Like, I like to get conservative when it comes to points because I think points come at a premium. And as you see, this, the game is 26 to 21 or whatever the final score. It's not 38 yeah. to 35. You know, like, every point matters. That's why I'm anti the two-pointer. Now, again, the two-pointer would have felt a lot better that final drive. but Yeah, and it didn't really hurt them, ultimately. See, aren't you a big believer in conservative points in a, in a big game? Yeah. When you've got, especially when the other team hasn't scored. So you just, just keep stacking up. If you've got to stack up some field goals, just stack them up. Just, just, just take them. Just take them. Just take them. And yeah, it feels like a win for them, but just take them. Especially when you factor in, like, if we get... Because if they're not getting anything going, you help them. I know. It's... It's a devastating feeling when you go for it, and th- there is no worse feeling than you're kicking someone's ass, you're in control, you get extra aggressive when you're kind of playing with house money. And again, the house money is always cool when it's sitting right next to you, but until you cash it out, it's just chips. So they were playing with some house money, and they, to me, they made the right choice because, like you said, if they get stuffed on that fourth and one, Maybe Seattle gets you know gets some momentum, gets a point, you know, maybe kicks a field goal at halftime. And it's ten three instead of thirteen nothing, you know. 
13 nothing is such an interesting score too because it feels like you're in control you've scored three times but you're just the second they score a touchdown it's like it's a whole new ball game and that's what happened you know they they get the the and that's the other thing their two scoring drives too the the locket touchdown to make it 13 to 7 was an 11 play drive and then they get the the Niners answer Mostert scores the touchdown it's 19 to 7 you don't get the two point and then the Seahawks put another big drive together. It's a 14-play drive that Marshawn Lynch scored on. And now that you've got less than 10 minutes left in the game, it's a five-point game, and they've just put together two big-boy drives. But the Niners answer. I mean, they came back with a four-minute drive, and Mostert scores again. Um, dude, so Jim, Jim, you know Jimmy was, what, 7-7 seven seven in the fourth quarter, 18-22 for the game? He was pretty fucking good. Just, he was pretty- uh, I'll tell you – the guy now that I'm just – like, you can just uh, – this is not breaking news here, but I just know who, here's who's showing up for the Niners game. At least one running back, whichever one Kyle feels like. George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Like, those guys are just going to – they're just – whatever you need, like, they're just going to – they're going to do it. Debo Samuel is – Well, you watched – I mean, I think they made the – they were right in taking that guy over DK Metcalf. But A.J. Brown – AJ Brown's good, <laughs> but I think Debo no, does no, so no, much no. for them. Yeah, it, you couldn't. It's easy to do it now. Though AJ Brown looks pretty special, but what Debo does for him, I, they're both. What sick. Debo does for them, I would just say like I think one guy who's really had a win this year, John, is Kyle Shanahan, the personnel guy. Like I know Yuschek only had one catch today, but it was a massive freaking catch. It was a fifty-yard catch. Guy, they ran a Debo go Samuel, route. He, they ran a go route to the fullback. Who, I know. Do, who so, does that? And and when you watch uh, but, it, you're like, yeah, I, Collins were, but it's like he's, yeah, no, it's so, so hard for me to like. Yeah. He's just not. Let's not act like it's Lorenzo so Neal out there. He's like, special. Yeah, no shot. He's like the guy that, that that scored a touchdown. Not the guy that scored a touchdown for the Patriots today, right? Yeah, I mean, it's um, right. Like this is a pretty but, unique but, player. But yeah, so they they just they weren't ready yet to use them when they were bad. But now they're good and he's good. And well, clearly, they, Debo. It wasn't just let's get the best receiver. Let's get the guy that I can do the most stuff with, right? So, well, one one reason you can't win in Seattle, and you look back at like the Kaepernick games, you can't win up there with your quarterback in, in a game like tonight, going fourteen to twenty seven, and with missed multiple third down passes, like skipping them. You're fucked. You lose. You lose. It's that simple. You lose. Where Jimmy, their guy just, doesn't make enough mistakes. Yeah, I mean Jimmy. Was he borderline perfect? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he could have played much better. I, I really don't. I mean, he was, he was awesome. I, I thought the big winners tonight were. It's, be, I, you already know George Kittle's a superstar, but it's like you see him in this environment, you're like, he is so elite. You know, it says he, his eliteness is on a different level. You brought up a good point, Kyle Shanahan, the personnel guy, because think about why Bosa and Debo are on this team. Because they miss on a couple guys, right? Solomon's a whiff. Pettis is a whiff. If you told me that Pettis, they didn't even bring Pettis, I, I'd believe you. I, I mean, it's, if, if you told me Pettis, they cut him three weeks ago and it just hasn't hit the wire yet, I'd believe you. But it doesn't even matter. Well, I was, I know they did only because I saw a photo on Instagram of like all the receivers wearing robes for the plane flight. And he was one of them. I, I just – I can't get over – like, I, I get it with Debo. Like, you just kind of know early on with a, with a young, skilled guy. You're like, God, this guy's got something. So, it's just now he gets better and better. But to me, how good Nick Bosa is, 
I texted a buddy for the Chiefs, and I was like, bro, I think he's the best rookie I've ever seen. I'm not, I mean, just like how good he is right as a rookie and how much they depend on him. It's different than Alden because Alden got to kind of ease in. Like, he just got to be nickel pass yeah. rushers. They're just depending on Nick right. Bosa. Just carry us like your fourth-year Khalil Mack. And he's like, yeah, no biggie. He's tossing yeah. people, chasing Never pl- when does he? When does Russell ever get chased down by Niners? Besides, like, Navarro Bowman. Never played, uh, never played 17 weeks of football? Well, tough. We're going to need you to play every snap, basically. I, I, thought I, mean, he, really, I, I thought he was beyond special tonight. Just his effort, his relentlessness, how just – talented he is like his his play speed guy is stupid like it's i'd say that jumps out with debo and nick uh, we know how fast kittle is but even sometimes he shocks you like on that end around he like makes ziggy miss you're like jesus kittle are you a fucking running back like gronk didn't do that but bosa's a couple pa- uh plays where he ran down russell it's like man I, I gotta tip my hat that's this i've been watching the nfl pretty closely now for about 10 plus years and that's that's $100 million shit right there. Like, that is elite. Like, that's just... I, I got to give this other guy credit, too, is Eric Armstead was just... You feel him. He's just all over the place. Him and Buckner are just coming. And then just Bosa's just flying around the edge. God, that was just... The elite players for the Niners stepped up. And, you, you know, Kittle carried him. Jimmy carried him. Bosa carried him. And that was ultimately the difference. Like, it's just kind of Russ. K.J. Wright had a couple tackles where you went, Is that Ray Lewis? You know, he's, he's like, Kyle, let's, let's cut out the uh, the quick screens there. He's going to kill someone. But ultimately, the, the <laughs> Seattle, to me, didn't it feel like Seattle was less, like, clowny and just their names and just more just the team? You know, it was Russ and just kind of the team. Where the Niners, it was yeah. just individuals just going above and beyond just being, you know, I was the number two pick in the re- for a reason. I come from fucking Ohio State. I, I'm going to dominate. And that's what he did. I'm from I'm from South Carolina, where I should have played at Georgia or Alabama. I'm a dominant player. Doesn't also show you like even the teams in the SEC that win like six games, they still got players like that. I mean, holy hell! Does South Carolina even make a yeah? It's year? uh, uh, I don't. I, I know. don't. Think, I don't think they did. What was the game they played? Who did they beat? They did beat Georgia this year. Was that the game that I'm thinking of? Yeah, it was a big upset they had. But then but then after that, they lost like four straight games. I remember seeing a headline like, is Muschamp safe? He oh, that's game. right. Because Muschamp and Kirby Smart was the sweatiest combination of coaches in one game. Bursting through their long sleeve hood, uh, sweatshirts. Just hair over their foreheads like they're both frat boys. Screaming, sweaty. The they, I mean, they look, they're the just same. Visors. Thing. Well, they're both. <laughs> they I, really are. It's like it's like Saban puts his defensive coordinators in a machine, and they come out just looking like that guy. Like it could be Kirby, Schmerby, you know, uh, Will, Willie. They they just look the same guy. I think they both played guy safety at Georgia. I I, I know Kirby did. I'm pretty sure Muschamp did too. He might have played at Alabama, but they're both like overachieving white Box guy safety, safety, John. In like 1992, <laughs> they're the same human. How about how about uh, Dre Greenlaw fifth round pick? Pretty good. I mean, can this can this team draft linebackers? Fred Warner. Isn't it amazing when you win? We haven't said Ruben Foster all year long. Part of it, he yeah. hasn't played either, but you just forget about him. 
Well, and I also think part of it is they just were, they're like, you know what, we'll get some other linebackers then, fine. I think that's a big part of it, too. What's Belichick? You just, Belichick just makes you forget about guys because he just replaces you with other functional players. And that's when you win, you just like, well, what about that third round guy that we took last year? Oh, yeah, he's already cut. You know, you just, it doesn't even matter. You know when that stuff matters? When you're like the Redskins or the Raiders. You're like, well, wait, we're six and 10. Wait, didn't, where's our first round pick? You just, it doesn't all add up. But when you're just winning, you're like, oh, that's just fifth rounder making plays. Oh, just, yeah, this undrafted free agent. Who's this Mozart guy? Oh, who gives a shit? Just give him the ball. That's, we've been doing that with the Patriots for years. You have your core main guys, and then you just have your supplemental guys. Some may be your second-round pick. Some may be undrafted free agents. Some may be the guys you trade. No one cares when you win. No one cares. It really Winning is the great elixir because no one gives a shit. Like, I saw Solomon Thomas in there for a couple plays, and he, like, slipped on one. I was like, God. Because, like, obviously, Bosa can't play every snap. He needs, a, like, a breather. And they put 94 in. I was like, Jesus, this looks ugly. But it, you won't hear it. You couldn't. You type in Solomon Thomas to, tw- to Twitter. No one even tweeted about it. No one even noticed. It really winning is fucking powerful, man. It really is. And this, fr- yeah. this, fr- I, this fr- I, I, franchise but, lost a lot of games the last five years. No, they have. But I, I also think I. I think it's even like even if they lost this game, I. Even before they were winning a lot this year, they just clearly had to replace those guys. Like Ruben, like Fred Warner was just good. And they had D four. They had signed guys. Drake Greenlaw has made. Now I think about it. Well, he made I mean, the big well, I guess, he made the big play in Seattle when he picked the ball or in San Francisco, right? Yeah, he's yeah he's made two huge plays in both these games. Well, one thing the Niners did a good job of. In, SEC guy. And a lot of teams are kind of you know transitioning through it right now. They have drafted these linebackers. They all look similar, right? Tall, linear, can run. They don't have any guys that are like, who was the white guy they had a year ago that was, or Chip used to play him from like Montana. It was like, oh my God, I can't take this guy anymore. I forget his name, but he was so stiff. You, you just can't play with those guys anymore just because how spread out the game gets. And all their linebackers, Greenlaw, I can never say the guy's name, Algier, 51, he's another just athletic guy. Like really your linebackers, like Marcel Harris to me, she kind of looks like a, the modern day linebackers. They all look just long, linear, can run. I can, ha- I honestly, guy, if you tell me linebackers, like back when I first got the league, not that long ago, if you didn't weigh 250 pounds, it was kind of frowned upon. Honestly, if you weigh 250 pounds right now and you're not like Bowman or Willis, I'm like, ugh. I, I want a guy to like high 230s. I want running. Now, Warner's probably, I'd guess, 240. He's about the high end. And he's by far just like their prototype middle guy. But I, I like guys to run, cover, move, play in space. I, doesn't that help against Russell? Just because, like, he, the, the holes cover up pretty quickly when these guys come down from the second level when they drop back into coverage. You notice a lot of times those linebackers come down and they weren't just like, oh, this big stiff's going to miss. You know, they just kind of can break down in space and just make Russell a lot of times just slide or just kind of give up on the play. And that, that adds up to a lot of yards over the season. Like, that's one of the knocks on the Patriots when they played Lamar. It's like, well, Hightower and some of the guys they depend on are just – it's not prototypical their game. And even the Niners, like you could say, well, Lamar gave him trouble. But they at least could, like – you could tell athletically they belonged, you know. They just – their scheme was a little off that day. But by the second half, they had figured it out. They just have a really, really athletic front. They're really fast. I think that helps as you go to the, uh, to the playoffs when you look at the teams you're going to play. Now, granted, you're, I would imagine 
I don't want to call it a lock, but I'd say the, the game I'm most confident of is Kirk Cousins not going to go to the Dome and win. So if the Saints win, you're playing the Philly-Seattle winner, which, you know, I think, they, I think whoever won that game, I think you get a game kind of look a little bit like this. Because both, yeah. both of them yeah. will throw some haymakers, right? Both of them are wired the same. You're just going to have to kill them. Yep. They're going to play those two. They're going to play a game that looks like this, right? Philly and Seattle. You know, today, Seattle, or the Philadelphia Eagles. Brandon Graham got hurt. He had to go to the locker room, and they announced on television he only went to the locker room because the line for the blue tent was too long. They had so many injuries today. Brandon Brooks, you know the anxiety guy, their best guard. He got hurt, guy, on a PAT. Dislocated his shoulder on a PAT. On a fucking Jeez. PAT. He goes down, he can't move. Uh, Miles Sanders got got hurt in mid-game, never comes back. They won a game today with a guy named London Scott. I mean, they, if, honestly, they, they these two teams are mirror images. They're playing with players who are like, the only difference is Seattle re-signed a famous guy. Like, they could have done the equivalent of, like, their London Scott, like, Billy Haberman from like uh, West Virginia, who hasn't been in the league in four years. Like that's just what these teams are playing with right now, and they're still like you're watching them. You go, God, these, they got a lot of heart, man. Because like, you watch the Redskins or like the Raiders or the Browns when they're in that position. That's like their two win teams. You know, it's like, oh my God, this is a tough watch. You watch like winning cultures, and Belichick's the highest level of this. And I think Seattle and Philly probably right under that, just because they haven't done it quite as long. I mean, Seattle's. Seattle just hasn't been in this position to do it with randoms for this long. Philly's kind of been doing it now for two years with some major injuries. I think you just start believing, like, because you and I and most fans, next man up is kind of bullshit. We're like, oh, my God, say that again. But I think in the locker room, once you win a couple times with the next man up, you're like, fuck, we're just we're – the, we're the Philadelphia – we're the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to – we beat the Niners every time we play them. As long as we got Russ and Bobby Wagner and Pete, we're – step up. You know, Billy Lockett or whoever's next – little guy from Hawaii that looks just like Tyler Gino, Gino Rochella. Who is this yeah. guy? I mean, I don't even blame them for calling it wrong because I thought, oh my God, they're going to keep throwing to the locket. Then I realized Lockett got hurt in the play before, but when you watch him get hurt, you're like, what could he possibly have hurt? He just kind of slipped. He didn't really look that bad. Jimmy Ward had the classic like uh, NBA ankle well, roll where you're like, oh, that hurt. Yeah, it looked... I, yeah, I was glad it came back because it looked like one of those... If he's leaving for that, it probably just scares you. It Um, it always is a big freak out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 